three, two, one. Oh my God, there's a banging at the door. That's a quote from Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yes, I've memorized That's the movie. That classic quote. Uh, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex. This is Sardonicast. I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. And I'm Alex from IHE. And that was a, a reference to the new one, the new M. Night. He's here again. He's back, He's boys. Concept movie. Yeah. M. Night. Another short story turned into a film. And yeah, the general consensus, same with old, seems to be just like, oh, the short story wasn't even that great, but he made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says who's like read the original. Well, short he made story. it worse by making it like longer, um, which is not always the case. Like I think of like Arrival. That's a that was a short story written mm-hmm. by like a famous like writer who was like an acclaimed award winning writer. But like that translated well to like a feature mm-hmm. film, you know. Uh, that's, that's just like a good example. When it's not M. Night doing it, it can go well. It depends on it the seems. story, the director, a variety of factors. Uh, what did yeah. you think of Knock at the Cabin, though? I thought it was really lame. I thought it was really <laughs> unspecial and like just one of the most... Old was a good bland. thing to bring up. That is yeah. his last movie. I thought it was like about the same. Oh, like no. to me, like I don't have a strong preference between these two movies personally yeah I'm i was just like you. yep it's another m night movie like it's got the twist it's got well it's like what you'd expect it's got some good moments in there like some like kind of thrilling moments i'm not sure where adam stands on this <laughs> is there even like a twist in in this movie the twist is that there's no twist right no the twist is that they were well i don't want to spoil it we can get into the twists there's a few twists. Well, let's go into spoiler talk. Who the fuck? Everybody who wants to see it has already seen it. We think it's bad. Spoiler discussion. <laughs> yeah. You don't know if you're going to get a twist now. Like that's So, I think like the twist thing, it didn't work for a while because it became like every movie he made had a twist, but then some of them didn't. And now it's like, oh, so so it's like, you don't know if there's going to be a twist now. <laughs> so, it like works yeah, again, true. you know? I, it, yeah, like the the twist, twist is kind of like the the four horsemen thing. You know, that was kind of the twist, like that they were the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like actually. Is that even a twist, Eddie? I don't know if it's a twist. You're supposed to think they were crazy people. Yeah, that's like the twist. So it turned out they were right. No, but there was yeah. always, no, because it was, it was always one of two options. Like from the, tr- the moment the trailer was released, it's either option A, they're crazy people, or option B, what they're saying is they're true. Right. And that was, so like, it's yeah. not... It's weird to call it a twist when they just picked one of option A or option B that was clearly established from the trailer of the film. It's not really a twist. I'd say is like it? that was supposed to be the twist. How's it a twist? <laughs> it, was, it was either going to be one of the two. Movie. What are the other? Like, I'm not going to defend the movie because I really. It's like old. Yeah. I wasn't really that fond of it. Like I was just not. I thought old was much worse, but more memorable. I could I could say right. more things yeah. about old. It was funny. I could, yeah. Exactly. But I think it was cut from the same cloth in the sense that, like, his his latest movies are just, like, the concept is the movie, you know? Yeah. The beach that makes you old, the the uh, the doomsday preppers that turn out to be right. And then that's kind of, like, all the movie has to offer. <laughs> Beyond that, yeah. like, there's yeah. really nothing memorable, you know? Like, they, they get some kind of big actors, and so they can, like, sell yeah, yeah. it. 
his movies are, I guess that's how he keeps being able to do this, is that they're marketable, they're kind of sellable, they become jokes uh-huh. like AI, like Jordan Peterson talking about old and stuff, like it's in the zeitgeist <laughs> still, I guess, because they are just kind of like, I guess, yeah. stupid and silly, and everyone just goes well, to see them anyway. <laughs> the concept of old was much more sticky. It had a, its stickiness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's the stickiness. Yeah, there, there, there was something memorable about that. But I don't think this was nearly as successful, and nobody's going to be talking about like nobody's going to be making AI Jordan Peterson memes with the cabin in the woods because you can't say anything <laughs> about it. The the beach that turns you old. There's a stickiness there. Whereas gay yeah. the strangers, <laughs> who gives a shit? Gay. The str- <laughs> That's really what it is. Gay the strangers apocalypse. That's it. But then I'm lo- I'm looking at the budget right here, twenty million, and it's supposedly grossed fifty four. So I mean, it's not too bad. Like, yeah, that's how he keeps being able to do this. Like, just find another short story. Depends on how much they spend on marketing. Yeah, just like enough to kind of scoot by. It's yeah. crazy. We've all seen the movie, but we're describing it like like just from stuff you'd see in the trailer. Like, there's nothing actually exactly. in the movie. That's, that's all that the movie is. They say no. it's like they're either crazy or they're not, and then the movie happens, and by the end, they pick one of the answers, and that's the entire fucking <laughs> movie. They don't explore anything beyond that. Yeah, that's like the whole point. That's why it's just sad. Like, I didn't feel like I really watched much much of a movie there no i was just like yeah that was fine <laughs> it felt like a yeah. it was like something to do with my friends but that was it <laughs> like it was completely yeah, it doesn't really feel that cinematic does it because like each time there's no. like a big reveal no. that like it leans towards them being right it's always revealed through like the news you know something kind of detached where it's just i guess they wanted it to feel like a bottle movie but it's like like we'll be talking about like somewhat more of a bottle movie later and that's yeah. kind of how you do it, not not whatever whatever this was. There's no like big arching questions outside of the premise and the characters don't really go anywhere and Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really just is a nothing movie. Mm-hmm. Each progression point in the plot does not actually change the stakes at all. <laughs> in any way. Yeah, it's quite static. Yeah. It's like, oh no, yeah. one of the people that is threatening you just died. They killed one and you've you've explained it. Like, at the very beginning, it's like, oh, we're going to kill one by one. This one's going to say, I have a family. Like, like that matters more? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, they're just, like, characters that could have just not shown up there in the first place. You know? <laughs> they're not, like, a part of the main cast of characters that you're supposed to care about, I guess. Yeah. They're not a part of the two men and a baby. <laughs> There's scenes in this movie of just, like, people brutally like killing themselves in front of like a small child and i was just like oh okay it's mostly off screen yeah yeah most of the violence is off screen but even if it wasn't you could you can still make that work and like hide it but it was just not really yeah effective funny games is a great example right or yeah that guy even cachet or whatever yeah thank you Chan. yeah this is like this is just like yeah it didn't really have the impact it kind of wanted to at points i did think dave batista was pretty good i I like that he is a a versatile actor and he can take on different roles and this was like more of a crazy character like a morally ambiguous Mm -hmm. guy but i think i think he worked in the role like i thought the acting was fine i thought the guy from harry potter was fine and it sucks that we will never learn his name yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah ronald weasley did a great job someone knows it there's a fan of him 
yeah, you know, like all the acting was fine. <laughs> I, I liked the cast of it. Even the little girl was like solid actor, I thought. And but it's just the story itself was not. I very, thought she dragged it down. Yeah, I, I mean, she was like, yeah, fine. she did a good job yeah. for a kid. But yeah, she didn't what I mean. make a performance that made me believe that it was a character and not an actor, which is the only yeah. really important part. <laughs> yeah. Right. Overall, I just thought it was like competent. No, I thought I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like the performances were fine. It's more that script. It's more just everything around it. That's like pulling it down. It, it, it was just, it was so like fine. So just nothing to me. I wasn't like groaning, wanting to pull my hair out in the same way I was during like glass or after earth or something like that. But then it's nowhere near as good as, you know, his best either. So it is just kind of middling, like sat like right in the middle of his filmography for me. Yeah, doesn't really take many chances. Yeah. Like even some of his more bad movies do. It's just one of those in the middle, right? Not not terrible, not the best. It's just somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, I happened to rewatch The Happening like a couple weeks back and that's like... Masterpiece. Man, like a- anything after that <laughs> is like a <laughs> growth in, some, in terms of like getting an actor, a performance out of an actor. Right. That one's like shocking. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. It seems like it's like a gag on on you <laughs> the performances definitely seem like a joke no <laughs> yeah it's that's a very bizarre movie to come out of like a like the studio system you know like out of millions of dollars <laughs> was spent on that yeah. shit <laughs> um but yeah he's like that kind of director this is it's not as bad as that but it had the happening or whatever after earth yeah. has those moments that you like remember denied sit down or like whatever yeah yeah what we yeah. need to do is we need to give him too much money again. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I would ideally want out of an M. Night Shyamalan film is knowing that it had a high budget and he had all of the creative control he wanted and just watching <laughs> watching that happen. Because those seem yeah. to be the best train wrecks. Yeah, that is crazy. The like quadrilogy of shit. That's the thing. This is This is his budget range. This is... You know, this is where you should be, like, thriving, is this kind of budget range. Like, the the medium budget. I, I saw, like, a tweet, like, someone praising him for, like, how much funding he's able to get still for his films. And, it's like, crazy. being an independent, like, original artist who just makes original films. And I really respect that. It's just, like, why isn't, like, the movie better <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all like i just mm-hmm. don't like the movies themselves i think they're very like He's just making kind of disappointing movies right i wish they were like better because considering the resources he has they should be better yeah um, but if he know. didn't make like three movies in a row that were like cultural phenomena <laughs> then mm-hmm. he would be nowhere because mm-hmm. that's that's what solidified his name like everybody knows m night Shyamalan. Everybody fight yeah. like he's one of the he few directors Split. that ev- like is a household name. Right, Split mm-hmm. kind of was a comeback. But then, wh- how many direct- directors could survive that string? That being the Lady of the Water, the- in the Water, the Happening, the Last Airbender, and then After Earth. Like that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> still got the <laughs> that name. Is, like quite a string. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. Steven It'll Spielberg survived fucking and- like the BFG. You know, because he's still got the no, name. That, that is Steven, no last airbender, though. You know, like, that's fine. No, it's not. Steven Spielberg survived a shit ton of, like, really bad movies in a row, you know? But he's still got the name. That's, that's exactly why. But not like this, though, man. Not, not like in this. a row. 
Yeah, not not like yeah. I can't I can't see that, but he hasn't had a string like like M Knight does. They're not as funny. But. <laughs> yeah, n- never that comically bad. Because M Knight at his worst is like it's like shocking. It's like amazing that it's even the same person who like put together right. like the Sixth Sense or Unbreakable. It almost seems like. Were you just not like trying? Like, did you rush this? Was there some reason you had to rush this? Because this is actually crazy. You have to wonder. You wonder if that's it. He's just like doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Maybe he's just happy that he's just working consistently. <laughs> he's just yeah, so fucking like he's weird and just he's kind of full <laughs> of himself. He's weird and he doesn't understand what he's doing, and he blames his children if it goes wrong. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah. That's what he does whenever he makes a bad movie. He's like, no, this is for my children, actually. Oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's what he said for Lady in the Water. He, he said he was that. making it for his child self. Yeah. Or like it was his childhood. He said it for the last airbender also. I think mm-hmm. he even said that for After Earth. <laughs> his child <laughs> like, yeah, self. This is for my children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was making it for, you know, he wanted to tell Lady in the Water that story since he was like a child. Since he was like a kid or like a teenager or something, yeah. So he's like, I, oh, I've... I see. Yeah. So he just so makes he movies all of for us children. Through that, he make <laughs> that's that's it, guys. He makes children's films. We just don't. Oh yes. Not get the cat. We just haven't realized. Yeah. This got an R rating. Um, what was it for language? It I guess like that's about it. Like it, it wasn't really that gory or anything. Like that could have easily. Been I thought PG-13 it was PG thirteen. Exactly. It got an R rating. I thought it was. PG-13. I think because they said fuck a couple times and there's gay people in it. Yeah, it seemed like mm-hmm. it was specifically edited to avoid getting an R rating, yeah. to be honest. Like, yeah. 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 Watching the movie it would it would appear like that would be the case. Like, oh well, the violence is just off screen. You know, it's not even that interesting. Like, See, yeah, I did not realize I thought it was PG thirteen while I was watching it. Exactly. Because they didn't show the violence like at all. Like not even like a little bit. No. <laughs> even those Michael Haneke movies you mentioned, they show like well, like in Cachet, they show something like this. It was like nothing. And the, and the performances are so horrific that you believe it's happening. <laughs> Everything's just so fucking. Yeah, they actually sell it. Yeah, yeah, they sell it's, it it's so just, well. Yeah, it's crazy. This it's like worse than this movie, in the Hanukkah film. Uh huh. Yeah, it's just in this movie though. It didn't. Yeah. No, not at all. No. And yeah, I, yeah, good performances. Not good enough for what it needed to be for the child actor, but whatever. You can kind of tell that was going to happen from the trailer what pisses me off about this movie there's a couple of things that piss me off about it but they set up this concept and they very clearly say all three of you are going to have to decide who to kill and then the girl goes off to like a treehouse and she's not a part of the decision <laughs> right and so uh-huh. it's like well then why would you why would you set up the stakes in that way and clearly say that that was going to be the case? Even if let's say that's not how the universe functioned. Why would you say that? Because it sets up unrealistic expectations in the viewers' minds and it makes it seem as though the stakes are higher than they actually are. Because when you hear that in the trailer or at the beginning of the movie, you think, "Oh no, either both of them are going to have to decide to kill the little girl in front of her or they're going to have to mm. get the little girl to agree to kill one of her fathers. Like, the fact that there's a little girl in the trio and that premise is said out loud, that implies a level of stakes that the film does not live up to. And according to people that read the short story, it does not bullshit people like that. 
But in this film, it just decided to bullshit people. She goes away to a treehouse. She's not a part of the decision. It still worked anyway. So the guy, they just lied to them. They just lied to them. And the prophecy wasn't really true in the way that they said it was. She wasn't a part of the decision. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It was a cop out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. They cowards. were trying to get out of that. Absolute yeah. cowards. Like, we already knew they were going to be cowards and nothing was going to happen to the little girl. Like, that was already pretty apparent. But to be mm. cowards emotionally and, like, not even have her be a part of the decision, like, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. You've you've just... you've. <laughs> You're betraying the premise of your film. Don't don't have that premise then if you don't want to do it. Don't even suggest it, coward. Yeah, a lot of it just feels like first draft material that's just kind of been used as the final draft. Like so many of his movies come across to me like that, where it's like mm-hmm. you're playing with some kind of cool ideas and if you just kind of sat on this or rearranged this here or <laughs> changed the dialogue up or something, had a bit more subtext or something yeah a bit more mean they're a bit rushed like in the writing phase i mean like even just like the pre-production phase there's like a kernel of like a good idea there but then he's just like they're just like oh you gotta rush it out we gotta like get out the next m night joint and it's like all right like (laughs) like (laughs) I, i don't even know what to make of it you know aside from that it's an m night film you're just like it's another one of those i'm like kind of sick of them there was a really funny moment where uh (laughs) the news broadcaster is saying which areas of the world are affected by the storm and Mm. there was a it, it was pretty apparent there was a disconnect between what was written on the script versus how she said it and then also just people on net on set not correcting her or not understanding so British Columbia is a part of Canada. And so on in the script, they wrote it down, British Columbia, comma, Canada, and then a list of other places. But the way she read it was like, the storm is approaching British Columbia, Canada, Paraguay, oh. and just like listed other things. And she, it was so obvious oh, that, that she didn't know that British Columbia was in Canada, and yeah. she read it as two different places. And nobody corrected her on set. M. Knight never corrected her. He was ostensibly directing that scene. I don't know. Maybe it was his B team. <laughs> I don't know. But nobody corrected her. And it was just like a very silly mistake that I, I found. It's probably like a, a second, like an assistant team. You know, they yeah. film it. Like the guys who like film shots of the exactly. bridges like, yeah. or establishing shots for movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like news footage. <laughs> yeah. That's but, that's a pretty funny flub. Yeah. That's it, it funny. is very funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's just like rushed it's, yeah it just points to how like rushed together it seems yeah yeah, yeah. the word british is in it how could an american possibly know <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best that, that is funny and yeah i just uh didn't really care about the characters there's a lot of flashbacks that didn't really matter yeah, it's just a nothing movie yeah very nothing three out of ten uh-huh. We, we can move on. It's just yeah. like... In one era. Yeah, this is nothing to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's one of those. I, I'd give it a... Fuck, I don't even know. Five out of ten. So what, the two and a half stars out of out of five stars? Yeah, I think I gave this like a two star. Two star uh-huh. out of five. Like, yeah. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Whatever. Never going to think about it's this It's not again. even bad. It's just like, nah. whatever. Yeah, it didn't really move the needle either way, particularly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of bad, but yeah. it was too forgettable. Yeah, exactly. Just annoying. 
it just yeah if it didn't if it wasn't so cowardly and just copped out of its own plot maybe i would have liked it a bit more <laughs> yeah or just yeah. came up with a more creative way to present it or i don't yeah. know it's just anything yeah. else or just like build off of the concept instead of just presenting the concept and then ending mm-hmm. yeah build yeah. off of it next time maybe yeah like holy shit old was more entertaining i thought old was more entertaining yeah yeah it definitely funny i actually remember <laughs> that movie in more detail more than that was 2021 yeah. sure maybe worse but more entertaining than yeah. this all right we also saw an hbo show called the last of us boom boom Boom, boom, it was boom, boom. based off of a not short story. It was based off of a video game. A video game? We all, we watched all nine episodes. Oh, you did? Okay. You did, right? Oh, I did, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah <too>. did. <laughs> we should have checked this before, but uh, yeah. no, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I love the show. I thought it was great. I made a video about the first few episodes because mm-hmm. I knew people would start shitting on it later because it's people are homophobic and they'd be like, oh, the, the episode eight was pointless or whatever, or which, whichever one the left behind episode was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the left behind episode. episode. Seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or episode three, people, you know, they, they rated it low on IMDb. It has like the lowest ratings. Particularly. Of, um, yeah, the third one and the, the Left Behind episode. There's, there's twice as many ratings on that episode than like the pilot episode. Yeah, I was looking at that this morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's 100,000 more people rated it. Yeah. And I'll, I might just talk about these. Like, I'm going to start, I'm going to speak kind of like cavalier in terms of like spoilers and whatever. I'm just going to like spoil stuff because <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm going to, yeah, gonna, let's all, yeah. okay, yeah. Everybody, this is a spoiler discussion. We all recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easier. We're recommending the show. Watch yeah. It. I'm going to assume you've either played the game or watched the show. I assume most of our audience. I, I should has. also be clear. It doesn't matter which one you do first. You can watch the show without playing the game. You can play the game without watching the show. They're they're different. They're enough. similar and different, but yeah, the beats they're, of the yeah, story yeah. that are important and impactful are effective in both properties to differing degrees, I guess. But yeah, yeah. there's some that like the game did better. There's some the the show did better. I thought mm-hmm. that's how I really. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. My main takeaway was kind of like this is no doubt in my mind probably the best adaptation of any video game material oh easily <laughs> no doubt yeah. the, <laughs> i agree yeah, production value writing quality just like admiration for the source material like it's all there um i don't know yeah really what more you could want in terms yeah. of like a direct adaptation and the source material's good and the sort, yeah, exactly. So they've got, they're, yeah, they're working with good, a good story. So, and it's adapted by the people that wrote the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that too. It's not, not really bastardized. Yeah, it's not bastardized. However, I do think it does really highlight to me how good that game is. I, 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 yeah, I still do think the game is is superior. I think the experience of the game cannot be matched by the show. It, in kind of ways, I wasn't anticipating because like we're saying it's nine episodes here and the game winds up being what like between 15 and 20 hours so you kind of get a lot more time a lot of downtime in the game with the characters little character moments that Mm -hmm. 
and I don't know if this is just out of pure contrast because of how well I know that original game, but in contrast, it does seem like I just know the characters better in the game. I know the dynamics better. I, I feel the emotional beats more. I feel like even down to small details like how the music is used and whatnot. Not that it's bad in the show by any means. Uh-huh. I just think overall, the game is way more punchy to me. And I feel like, especially mm-hmm. considering just that time period it came out, we've mentioned before like how that the 2000, 2010s was kind of all about zombies and The Last of Us kind of in 2013 spinning that the mushroom zombie idea and that whole thing was like so like creative and fresh to me around that time. And I know like people in the general audience who didn't play the game are kind of experiencing that now. But for me, it's more like, yeah, like a lot of the zombie beats I'm I'm fairly familiar with now. We have had The Walking Dead. We've had just myriad zombie stuff in between that. So some of that punch is gone. To me, this brought back the whole zombie thing because I thought it was kind of dead for a while. Um, Undead? My friend mentioned to me... Undead. My friend mentioned to me, Cam, last year, like the Walking Dead show ended. No one made a big deal of it at all. Is it like, actually no over now? Anyone. Did they have the yeah. finale? Did you even know that, right? I thought I, was, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was exactly. coming close. Was I knew it was like ending sometime soon, but like, I don't know anybody who's watching That's it. That's <laughs> what I mean. The whole zombie thing was so fucking played out. Yeah, it was so played out. And to me, this brought it back. This is like a hugely successful show. More successful than that House of the Dragon show, thank God, because that show's fucking boring. This, <laughs> I've said that many times. But like, it's boring. And this is so much better. And um, yeah, Alex, like, wow. I agree. There's some things the game did better, but there's some things the show did better. Like, I, I, I mostly liked when the show kind of wasn't adapting the game at all and kind of did its own thing and its own because there's plenty of original scenes in here that i thought were you know like really interesting and they kind of changed up they added like more like there was plenty of that camaraderie between ellie and joel in the show for me like i did like them and like how much of like us because i do prefer the game probably but how much of that is me that i played the game first you know yeah that's what i was kind of struggling with yeah, I was kind of struggling with that, too, because I, I don't yeah. think I can get over that. But as far as an adaptation, I thought it was good. And, you know, like the most important parts, like the the casting of Ellie, like that was great. Bella Ramsey was great. Pedro Pascal was great. I can't complain about the casting at all there. The effects were fantastic for a show. <laughs> it's like some of the best I've ever seen. Like the, the look of the show looks great. Yeah, the whole production value is immense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a pretty great production design and like all that stuff like all that the world building we've been saying it really like delivers in that respect i thought you know yeah pedro does a really great job in the role uh-huh yeah he really embodies the character but yeah it's like a yeah it did bring costume. back the whole the whole zombie thing it did yeah. really bring that back for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at the uh the wikipedia for the walking dead episodes and just like how much the viewership dropped off at the last season. Like, yeah, holy totally shit. <laughs> they really killed the shit. They would have kept going. They really fucking killed the show. Oh, they made it so that no one was even interested for the entire fucking final season before they decided to yeah. kill the show. These idiots. Just yeah, that's what happened. Grand. It's sad. Right. They, they totally ran it down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fuck Isn't that AMC. crazy how it ended and no one like even knew? I know. They don't ended? care about the art. 11 seasons. Them. Yeah. MC is such yeah. an asshole. Like when, when Better Call Saul ended, everyone was talking about it. It's just like compare yeah. <laughs> the reaction. 
Yeah, never give AMC full control of a property. But yeah, that's like where zombie stuff was at for like for like at least a while. Mm-hmm. But I think people were craving like that next good zombie show, and this this delivered it because I think people yeah, love it, zombies. There's clearly <laughs> like an audience for it. This compared to The Walking Dead, like even even when The Walking Dead was in its first yeah. season and it was good, like this is just miles above. Like this is completely <laughs> yeah, different. This is much better. Beast. Oh, totally. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much better. I would say that something that's really special about it is like the the universe and the production design, especially like. There's so much that you can interpret just from how a scene is presented visually. And I love that there's a lot of sim- like very similar imagery to the games. And I love how much they, they tried to capture it with, you know, the lighting and like the overgrowth and trees and, and like all, all this plant life coming through and abandoned buildings. And it's it doesn't look cliched. It still looks like it has that distinct feeling of the game. And there's so much character to the environment. I think they did a really great job. And even when they do use CG to help fill in parts of backgrounds, it still looks like it fits in the environment. And a lot of the times you can't tell it's CG. You just have to assume it is just based on practical reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, really it good. It looks yeah. really, really good. There's only a few parts in the show where I watched it and I was like, oh, that looks kind of bad. But they were very yeah. few and far between. Yeah, it's a television show. So. Yeah, and so many of those sets are direct, like one to one adaptations mm-hmm. of areas from the game. And like, if you're a big really fan cool. of the game, you will just be picking on that up and up on yeah. that constantly. And it is like really attention to detail focus. Like, it, that really does add something to it, makes it feel really faithful. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's really made for fans like that. Yeah. And, and yeah, as yeah. a fan, I was like, I loved it. I, I savored every moment of it. <laughs> Not to say I think the show's perfect, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. No, no, it has its issues. But I, I did, as you were kind of alluding to earlier, some of the the stuff they've expanded upon around the edges were also my favorite details of the show. Like at, at first, like I think the first episode starts with, it's like a flashback to the nineties or eighties where there's like the mushroom expert being interviewed on TV and it's like really mm. kind of creepy and sets yeah. the scene. Or, oh yeah. That was great. Like the, the early like flashbacks to the outbreak in, I can't remember which episode two or four or so, like it's the cold open, that kind of stuff I really liked. And also the, of course, episode three, which is the whole doesn't even really have Joel and Ellie in it. It's all about Bill and his compound. Yeah. They changed that a lot and from the game. That's like totally different from the game. Although you could, I thought it was much better too. Yeah, it probably is better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely less morbid and harsh. Like in the game, it's like very, uh, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, cold and sad and no pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right. They definitely softened the character for this. Uh, but yeah, like the change worked for it mostly. It's funny, like the people complaining about it. Like they clearly didn't play the game, or like they didn't pick up on the fact that Bill is gay in the game, or whatever. Like you know, obviously the Ben Shapiro reaction <laughs> to uh, the episode. <laughs> yeah, I think he wrote some kind of review on Facebook. It was like. This is a show about zombies, and I'm watching like two yeah. gay guys or whatever. Where are the zombies? It's just gay it's, guys. Yeah. What the hell? What's funny is he he literally lied about it. He said that there were no zombies in the episode, but there were. Like, there was we're a zombie a, yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's a zombie toward sure, the end. You could say there was one. Yeah. Zombie, like if you want, but 
Yeah, there's zombies in it. There's yeah. zombie. There's plenty, actually. Anyway, but yeah, it's about like they're like that is really the point of the game. It's about humanity and you know people's relationships in the post-apocalypse, and that was like a beautiful example of that. Like that whole episode was fantastic, and the same with the Left Behind one. You know, people are like, oh, it's not important. I'm like, it is important. You see, like, how she got bit. You see <laughs> or that she's a lesbian, mm-hmm. like, or whatever. Like, you, you need to see, like, these are important parts of her character that you need to see. So, I, I guess with those two episodes specifically, I enjoyed episode three a lot more than I enjoyed episode seven. Um, I did as well. But yeah, they're both good episodes. I don't yeah. see the... And I, I, well, here's here's the thing. Episode seven is something that I also experienced in the game already, whereas episode three was like mm-hmm. a completely new experience. Yeah, and and so exactly. especially when I was able to compare episode seven to the game, where not only in the context of the game was it like DLC, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but also, I just my biggest issue with that episode is that the chemistry between the two actors and their level of performances bouncing off of each other just didn't work for the most part. I think they're both good actors. They're both really good actors, but they're just not quite at the level where I can be like, Oh yeah, I believe your relationship except aside from like maybe a couple parts closer to the end. I think that they get better at it as the episode goes on. But for the most part, I found it it just wasn't strong enough. And I was wishing, really hoping for something a bit stronger there. Whereas Nick Offerman and like, holy shit, the, the filmmaking, especially the performances in episode three, Mm -hmm. like that was, that was my favorite episode. That was an incredible piece of filmmaking and the way that everything functioned narratively. And yeah, damn, like it was, just such a great story told so well and just so artistically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Episode three was incredible. That's what I mean when I say like the stuff, like the stuff they invented for the show. Some of it is like really great. It's, it's better than the game. Some of the stuff they created. Usually what bogged down the show was when it was like almost too faithful to the game or would almost recreate scenes. There's a scene where like she steals one of Bill's magazines and she's like, why is that? Why are all the pages stuck did- together? And, in mm-hmm. the game, it's funny. In the in the show, I don't know if it worked as well. It didn't feel as like natural. Cause, oh, yeah. And again, that might just be because I've seen the fucking scene already. Like I'm just watching the same exact scene again, just yeah. recreated. But but it just felt there was something about it that felt unnatural to me. Like this, it just didn't feel like the same yeah. character. You know, because to me, over a bit faster. Right, yeah. right. It's just Ellie in the game is just an inherently different character than the Ellie in the in the show they're just so different i don't know why the same scene would happen in the same way you know but whatever speaking of scenes that are translated from the game to the show i want to talk a bit about the combat scenes because there's some so i think it was like episode four was it episode four or episode which i think it was episode five actually where they had the sniper yeah yeah, and yeah, yeah at the end it was the whole like oh stealth and he goes up to the top of the tower like i remember playing a section like that in the game yeah that's and in the game. it's kind of different yeah, it's like the exact same set piece yeah. the way that it was translated to the show i thought worked really well he didn't you know i i don't remember the nuance differences or, or anything between the game and the show but in the show it worked there was nothing wrong with it in terms of how it was presented. I thought that 
the combat scene in episode nine, how it was kind of just treated as a montage and it's still by the <laughs> end of it, the end result of it felt kind of video gamey. I'm not sure how I felt about that. I felt like at, in your last episode of the season, especially considering it's like the shortest episode of the season, like it could have been longer, you know? Rather than having yeah. a montage of him just killing everybody in, in the hospital, I feel like you could have presented that in a way that would have been closer to the sniper scene where it doesn't have to, like, you, you can follow it in real time, you know, maybe you can have him kill the same amount of people. Maybe it can be just as much of a, like, brutal yeah, I don't know. sort of massacre. I don't know. But I was hoping for something... You know, maybe not to the same exact quality as Children of Men, but something where they could really show off and something where they could show showcase the struggle of how he gets there rather than it just being like, I'm a video game guy, bam, bam. I get the narrative mm. and character purpose of having him easily killing people from his mind. I, I, get, I get what that means to the character and him in the situation and how he doesn't flinch when he's shooting someone, but I think that in terms of how he just kind of like effortlessly does that and the fact that it's a montage and there's music over it and we're kind of just getting like a, you know, little bits of it. And ah, I just, I needed something more important in that scene. I needed, I needed a, yeah. a better translation of showing him get to the same place, but just, mm -hmm. it felt so cheesy, you know? Yeah. They made it quite, uh, clinical like I'm just contrasting it to the game where it's like, it's like a mad dash and you're right there with the character because of course you're controlling him which is mm -hmm. just an advantage the game has but there is just some, a, a completely different kind of atmosphere and tone to that moment specifically yeah. compared to the show because yeah it's like a violent kind of scrappy you're just there with Joel he's like crawling through the corridors this like red light bleeding everywhere and it's just like a, a mad moment where he's he's not really being rational but the way it's presented in that montage is just kind of more clinical and rational and I don't know it doesn't it doesn't like hammer home the point that that whole ending builds to as strong as the game no it opinion. feels kind of rushed that last episode and I don't know why they would do that I thought the last moment was good with um you know it's like a big scene in the game like the last scene I thought that was great how they handled that the very yeah, last yeah. scene yeah like yeah. that's essential that was more important it was like more important. The shootout. Yeah. <laughs> and that was more one-to-one, -one, yeah. I feel like we still could have gotten more out of it. Yeah, again, to have action there would have been, like you said, it would have been video gamey. No, but it was. Like any any kind of action. It was all. It was anyway. anyway. You, uh, maybe, but, you know, I don't know how you could have avoided that. Was Children of Men know? video gamey? It's not based on a video game, so... No, but you, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about know. the action set I don't know. <laughs> separate, like, yeah, you can four. still have <laughs> someone survive against all odds and get from point A to point B. And, you know, you could, you could throw in a bit more element of Children luck. of men, You yeah. could have him, like, yeah. maybe struggle a bit more, like, almost fail or, like... You know, I, I just... Yeah, I, that might have taken away from the drama of, like, what was happening. No. No, I don't believe so. I, don't know. I, th I think that it would have been yeah. a bit more grounded. Is that That's what I'm trying to get at. I think the montage was the attempt to ground it 
because it's so yeah. like in the video game you can kill like 20 people attempt, and whatever yeah. in, a, in a show i don't think it works yeah well. it's an attempt i think an action scene would have been too video gamey there yeah i get why they did it but i'm not saying an action scene translated one to one from a video game the most video gamey part of the show was probably like the opening like car chase like what? you know with his daughter there I like don't. that that one take i don't agree when they're going through the going through the town well all right, that's fine. <laughs> it's it's the most it's, I mean, like... The ex- that's actually like the exact... That's actually like the exact same... It felt the most like the original game, but it did not feel video gamey because the original game that's, felt cinematic. That scene... The scene where I just described, that's the like the exact same scene in the video game. Like, you understand? It's the exact same thing. Exactly. But the original <laughs> video game wasn't a video gamey video game in that scene. It was a cinematic <laughs> scene. And the, the original video game, part of the reason why I love it so much is because it feels like a movie. Right? Sure, there are parts of the video uh, yeah. game, like in stealth sections, where you're just like going up behind people and go, Whip. like a lot of the gameplay feels video gamey. But just because the, sh- the show is translating a, a scene from the game that in the original game wasn't video gamey. But so just because it feels like the the game that is technically a game doesn't make it video game. What I when I say video gamey, I mean stereotypical video game. <laughs> We're sp- really splitting hairs here. <laughs> really splitting hairs. <laughs> I guess their fear is like they they don't want that, you know, that doom moment, you know, where it's like <laughs> Right. Or like the Halo show did it recently where it's like yeah, we're gonna do a gameplay bit now, where it's like mimicking the HUD from the game. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. obviously, it's yeah, yeah. Maybe they were frightened of it coming across like that. That would be worst case scenario. But we haven't mentioned the whole like Craig Mazin, um, who's like the showrunner, Craig Mazin, Chernobyl, and and now Craig, this. Yeah, I think it's Craig Mazin. Craig Mazin. Sorry. Craig Mazin. No. <laughs> It's all right. Who? Yeah, he was kind of taking the Chernobyl a- approach, where it is more about the like. A bit mm, more of the science right. of like how the mushroom works and delving into that side of it, which is is cool. I like that approach. It is a, yeah, it does give it a kind of a unique slant. Like you were saying, that was a big selling point of the first one, but it wasn't actually in the game much. Like the explanation of the, I guess it was, but it was way more part of the marketing. I felt whereas here, like the first scene of the show, they established like what these things are and like the science behind it, and that made it yeah, like kind of creepy and like contagion clinical, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, that's another thing, like, the game has an advantage in, is that you can world build in just way more of a, like, slow, methodical way, you know? So, like, you can pick up collectibles, and it, like, will just flesh little details out here and there. It's, yeah, it's just an inherent advantage, I feel like, to that medium, you know? Because they did delve into, like, little details and creepy things about, like, how the like the host is still kind of like alive and sentient inside the body and stuff but, but this is all mm. like revealed through collectibles and one so obviously that's not you're not wandering yeah. around for, of your own volition within the show so they got to find other avenues to kind of exposition dump and that, that probably is the best way to do it to be honest with this more like showing the outbreak from different perspectives and people on tv mm-hmm. talking about it and stuff yeah yeah, it's it's a good show. <laughs> Very I don't good. know what else. To, oh, I was just going to mention like the episode. Well, there's I think there's like only one we didn't really mention. It's like the the one they're in the snow there. Oh no, there's a couple. There's the one where they meet his brother Tommy. Mm-hmm. That one was decent enough and like changed enough from the game. I thought to make it like interesting. Like it wasn't engaging. That's just something I liked about these episodes too. They were actually engaging for someone. 
who hasn't who has played the game because they were like changing enough up to like keep things interesting yeah. there was enough added content additional scenes or change scenes that made you want to watch it it wasn't like sure. literally the exact same shit again <laughs> yeah which was much appreciated i don't know if it would have translated either i think for me it was actually that episode where i was starting to feel like a bit more solidly like yeah i think the game is more powerful for me mm -hmm. personally because i think that's the episode where they have that like famous scene that argument in the in the bedroom which again i just feel like hits just so much harder in the game just because of yeah as i keep saying like the advantage especially of like pace that the game has like everything's like kind of slowly trickled out you are interrupted by stealth segments combat sequences and it all just kind of it masses you in the world in a different way than a show can so i understand the changes but like mm -hmm. i feel like yeah those moments just hit way better for me in the game that scene there i actually liked that was one of the scenes i thought was that worked in the show for me the the acting in that scene specifically yeah that's the thing that the acting in the scene is like so one-to-one -one that it is good like the they're effective scenes and they do like hit but it's just like it's this comparison game it's kind of like the inverse snyder cut you know instead of like <laughs> comparing shit to shit it's like good to good yeah but like can you say the same thing when like when you're adapting a book like you know <laughs> well a lot that's i think this is the th it's kind of, it's yeah it's the only example of this i can think of where it's like a lot of people will say that the that like no film can compare to that book because you know your imagination is able to like yeah. just tell a story yeah. in a way that no film can match so it's weirdly and it's it is a different one, -to one thing but right. it's like yeah i've never yeah. like experienced this with a game before which is part of what makes this so interesting because it's just never been done so well right video games have scenes and like blocking like that you can compare it to like it's not just like reading a yeah, book yeah. so i didn't mean to make like a it's not like quite and with how cinematic it was originally right yeah it's not such a literal comparison i mean but yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, it's hard to talk about and like the emotion of it when I've already experienced these emotions mm -hmm. from the, all I can say is like, you know, they adapted it pretty well. There's some scenes where I was like, wow, that was really good. Especially that one. That one was like, I thought that was one of the better scenes for me. You know, the one where she finds Bill's magazine or whatever, like that one, she throws it away in the car. Like nah, that one didn't work for me so much. I'm trying to think of one that didn't work, like a change. There's one, like the only other episode I didn't mention, it's the one toward, I think it's the second to last one. It's like when Ellie meets oh, the crazy the, yeah, religious the fanatics. Yeah, um, yeah. That episode didn't work for me entirely. And there's mm -hmm. like a scene toward the end when she like kills him. And in the game, the, the sound cuts out and there's music. I thought that was yep. much more effective in the game. And mm -hmm. then Joel comes and comforts her. And in the, in the show, they kind of changed it up to where you... You know, the sound is on and she just kills him. It's very, it's differently executed. And I just thought it was not as effective in this, in yeah, the show I'm anyway. Right with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I did remember that about the game, that, that scene specifically. So it's a shame they didn't do that, you know? Yeah. That was like a bit of fun I was having, like after watching an episode, it'd be like, yeah, I'd remember little details like that and then go watch like the, on YouTube, like the, the game version and be like, oh, okay, so that's what they've changed here. They just, I wonder why they decided to tweak this. Oh, there's that line from that. Yeah, it's cool being able to do that, but it does yeah. like illuminate weaknesses of both mediums, I guess. I just replayed like the remake. So I had like all the scenes <laughs> memorized. Oh, I've played really? the games yeah, many yeah. times before anyway. Yeah, I love the games. I think they're great. I remember so much about them. It's crazy they couldn't even fit like, it in the nine episodes though mm. like it, it didn't really like even the ninth episode was kind of short 
I thought it would last, like, I thought yeah. there was more story there. I was shocked meat. that the final episode was, like, the shortest one. I thought it was going to be, like, an hour mm-hmm. and a half thing. And they're saying yeah, season so. two is going to be like that second game won't even cover season two. Yeah. Like the they're going to need two seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yeah. going to need two or three seasons at least to cover the second game. Which makes sense. The second game's longer. It is. It feels it like longer. a slog. And they do have more <laughs> opportunity to develop more. Yeah. But they're going to sure. have to change like the order and we're not going to say anything because we just said spoilers for the first game. So we're not going to say anything specific about the second game, but they're going to have to changed around like some of the second game is like flashbacks and like i don't know how they're gonna yeah the, i'm actually kind of the more second interested. game seems like a challenge to adapt for a television show in terms of what they were trying to do with it uh-huh i don't know yeah. how the fuck they're gonna do that <laughs> that being said some of the best parts of this show were the stuff they changed the stuff mm-hmm. they added i yeah. really liked so, so the we'll stuff see. they changed for the second season could work like they could actually make that that character work <laughs> and yeah. you know yeah they can actually i don't know how they're gonna be able to there. carry forward that brutality of that game because like the last of us one is oh, a brutal yeah, sure. game already but like they yeah. really like ramp it up in the in the sequel it's kind of part <laughs> of the point of it i don't really yeah. like that point and don't really like the game very much but like that is definitely kind of ingrained in the dna so i'm very curious yeah. how they are going to how do you translate it <laughs> yeah uh-huh it's like all the biggest scenes I can think of from that game are all like vicious. Very, like, yeah. So vicious. <laughs> yeah. Which you can kind of pluck out of. Uh, that was actually one of the things I, I do think the game is a bit better on too, just with the the harshness of the violence and how it is extremely brutal. Like all that hand-to-hand combat and like smacking people with bits of wood and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, a bit more viscerally violent in that sense. And like throwing like pipe bombs of like, exploding people like it's really i remember <laughs> killing when I played dogs that in 2013, yeah. like not s- seeing like kind of gore like of people's legs like exploding off in such a like oh yeah brutally realistic yeah imagining of it but. <laughs> yeah <laughs> call out the names of their friends and like the dogs yeah can i see yeah. like ellie light yeah. a dog on fire with a maltov in season two <laughs> like can we see that like i don't know is she going to be dog murder? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm kind of more curious because I feel like it's much, it's actually much more of a challenge, I feel like, to adopt oh, yeah. the second game. I don't know how um, the fuck you're going to yeah, do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be really interesting. I'm very interested in seeing how the fuck they're going to do that. I'm interested too, but, you know, I feel like it could go one way or the other. It could just absolutely suck and the show could tank or it could be fine. I don't think it'll be great. You never know. I think the best stuff we've seen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. glad they made the show anyway. I'm glad it was a show because it, it wouldn't have worked as a movie. This it would have oh, been no. really yeah, rushed. It had to be a show. Yeah. It yeah. And and like it didn't suffer from like a low production value. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I feel like it's a very accessible yeah, show. I tell them to watch it. They're they're enjoying it. Yeah, like whenever I go out, it's usually like a topic of conversation. Like it's very like casual viewing. Everyone knows mm-hmm. it. I, I yeah, said it's, it's super popular. Good. You know, I wanted it to be. Man, I remember back in 2013, like, the debates and arguments that, like, sparked after the end of the game and, like, the moral uh, arguments that went down. And just seeing that, like, same conversation happening again was, like, quite a cool, weird moment that shows yeah. some success it had in the end. Been 10 years. I'm just so ecstatic. It's doing better than, than House of the Dragon because that show is so boring. <laughs> you hate and that It's show, like, man. yep, this is, this is what HBO should be investing in. Like, this is what people want to watch. Not that boring like crap 
Like, this was actually like a good story. There's some to talk about. I guess one last point. I really like the score. We've yeah. mentioned the music from this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gustavo Santolala. I think Santolala. <laughs> so Gustavo. Name, yeah, he, yeah, he's a good composer. This music he's awesome. was great for this show. Yep. Yeah. Music was great for the show. Fit perfectly. It wasn't like, oh, it's like he's using the same themes and it's like distracting or whatever. Nope. It was perfect. It never distracted me at all. Never. I haven't memorized the games or anything. I've played the first one at least three times and I've played the second one once. Something that is noticeable is that certain songs that were used in particular contexts in the game were used in other contexts in the show. So if you're if you're more mm-hmm. of a nerd and more like if you're if you've played the first game so many times and you're so familiar with the the particular songs and how they're used, I can see how that could be distracting. It was fine for me, but I could I could see how that could be like kind of they played like the end credits song uh, of the first game like at a completely different part <laughs> oh, yeah. in the game which was kind yeah, of weird and then they played yeah, it at the end credits like at the end of the season also little fun fact here i noticed so there was a controversy with naughty dog uh with the trailer of the last of us 2 they used they basically they they literally wh- whoever did the music for that trailer they ripped off a cover that someone else made that they just an independent artist on YouTube, I think her name was like Lottie Kessner or something like that. And it was it was one of those things where like I oh, went over yeah. it, you know, whenever somebody says, oh, you ripped me off. I'm always skeptical, obviously, Kimba, et cetera. Mm. But I went over it and I was like, okay, like that's a really particular, like that that is something unique that she created that was then translated into that. They should have credited her, blah, blah, blah. And then I was vindicated with that perspective. Naughty Dog actually apologized to her. They said that they made a mistake and blah, 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 blah. What's cool is in the end credits to one of the episodes, like halfway through the season, they included the original artist's cover. So they kind of got to do like a little, hey, we're acknowledging you. And she got paid licensing. And, you know, like that's that's cool. They they got to kind of apologize (laughs) to her in like a more uh, meaningful and kind of formal way. So that's a little fun Easter egg. Yeah. Anybody yeah, that's paying cool. attention to that? Yeah, to get that in an HBO show is probably yeah, that's probably cool. Yeah, than just an ad. So yeah, yeah, well I'm glad there was a little happy ending to that uh, controversy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and there's uh, anybody who's curious. I think there's a video on my highlights channel of me going over the songs and just why what makes them particular and unique. But yeah, that was cool. And yeah, love Gustavo. One issue I had with the music was in episode three. Oh. Uh, where it's my only issue with the episode. And they... I love Gustavo's music. Everything about it. I just wish they kept using it because there's a point at, <laughs> like, the they climax the of the episode. Yeah, yeah, they used the, the song that <laughs> yeah. was in Arrival. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm thinking, like, I shouldn't be familiar uh, with the track playing in this episode that has nothing to do with the game. Like, sure, maybe familiar with a track that's in the game, but not something from a different property. Yeah. What's his name? The the, the guy? Max Richter? Oh, something? I don't remember. But it, it was just like... <laughs> the good guy, the pianist. It's pissing me off just being like, what? Why is this? And it And it felt, listening to it, it felt like, okay, this is from something else. It doesn't feel like it's from the show. It felt... Mm-hmm. And it felt manipulative, too. You know? 
using that yeah, pre-existing. Yeah. It's like it's like cheating. It's like cheating. Uh, but yeah, I, I made a note of that. I thought it worked for the episode, but yeah. I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird they didn't just use music from yeah, Gustavo. That pissed me off. That's that was that was yeah. something I noticed. It's not like the game's lacking music. There are tons of good tracks yeah. on they the original game soundtrack. You know, that might have been my only issue with they that. Chose the cheap option. That episode too. But like aside from that, it's great. I mean that's what one music choice. But yeah, I wish it was Gustavo there. One last thing that I'll mention, uh, just because we, we kind of glossed over it at the beginning. In terms of episode three and I guess like people's reaction to it, I find it interesting because there's a lot of people that, you know, wouldn't even consider themselves to be like homophobic, but they just felt like, oh, mm-hmm. no, it just felt like it was, you know, we were following this story and this just felt like they stopped the story and then we had to see Brokeback Man. Every single, I've seen a bunch of reviews from this, <laughs> uh, about this episode and everyone who's critical about it always says it's like we got Brokeback Mountain and that right there is kind of revealing in a way that is unintentional to to these people Mm. where it's like the only as soon as you see a gay relationship on screen your only point of reference is Brokeback Mountain like that's it from like Mm -hmm. 2006 that's your only point of like it is it is nothing like Brokeback Mountain at all, other than the fact that there's two gay characters that are in love with each other. Yeah. That it is it is literally nothing like there, there, you could not name more different properties in terms of just romances <laughs> other than just what their genders are. So that's kind of like unintentionally revealing is all I want to comment uh-huh. on. Like that's that's kind of weird. Not <laughs> uh-huh. you know <laughs> just kind of bizarre thing to say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's not the insult they think it is either, because it's like, yeah. it's an, that's an excellent film too, you know? So it's like, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> what are you even trying to, yeah, what are you trying uh-huh. to say? Yeah, that stuff is just, you know, pathetic. Yeah. yeah, it is. I thought we were kind of past it, but I guess not. Whatever, just like laugh it off. It's like, just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Gorge. What about like, like this is like really dorky stuff at this point, but... There were like little changes here and there that I was just confused by. Mm-hmm. Like in the second episode when Tess dies, they kind of add this sequence where a clicker like oh, almost yeah. like kisses her or right? something. What was that? Weird. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know if that was like opening a One door for, for like some new, <laughs> some new clicker lore or some creepy shit. But it was, it just seemed like for that one moment and that was, that was them veering off from the source material for something I didn't really get compared to like oh yeah i didn't get that either in the original. yeah yeah it's not it's not a perfect show <laughs> so, i got my issues with it like that yeah yeah that was, that was a weird scene and why do you think they changed the fact that they made like a an effort a distinct effort to make it so it wasn't airborne anymore because remember in the game there were like all these sequences where you had to put uh, yeah. on masks and go through like the spores oh yeah i, I, I think that's that just because of the narratively it, working they would with have masks to, and yeah they, they would have to you don't see the actors as much <laughs> i mean yeah the, the masks would be annoying and then they would have to account for a lot of things narratively it would it would just open it up to just more like yeah oh, why don't they you know blah 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 like, why aren't they doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And they've gone for more of like a, it's like a hive mind type thing now, which mm-hmm. supposedly they're going to, they're going to like elaborate on in future seasons or whatever. I could, I could mm. see that being like an interesting different slant or whatever. Yeah. There's room, there's ways oh, yeah. they could take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that this show exists and I, I'm very 
interested in seeing what happens. And so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, supposedly season two of the show will come, I don't know, either 2025, maybe late 2024. But n- now I'm just kind of interested, like, it's going to take them a while, a few years at least, for them to even get to the end of season two. Will we have a third game by that point? Will there be a point where they mm. intentionally deviate a la Game of Thrones? Will there be, yeah. you know, like, yeah. will there be more pressure getting the games out on a certain time because of needing to catch up with a show in terms of, like, production schedules? Yeah, you know? I don't think a game can keep up with a show. I think the the show will just probably mm. go off and do its yeah. own thing because it is so like what's it's so successful. It's so there might be pressure to alter what yeah. happens in part two, like really play around with it more. Yeah, we'll see. Like, yeah, this is like a huge success now. So yeah, they might really like play around with that, to try and get all the water from that stone that they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting either way. Yeah, enjoying it. Glad other people are enjoying it, and uh, let's uh, let's see just how nonsense and toxic the discourse gets in a couple of years. Oh man, yeah, it's just gonna be <laughs> revisiting all that one again. You're man. Doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. The last Jedi. Well, if you had to, if you had to rate it on IMDb, like, what would you give the show? The show? Uh, yeah, from yeah. what I've seen so far, like an eight. I would give it episode three a nine, but. Yeah, like everything overall, I, I would say like an eight. Uh huh. I think I'm exactly there with you. Yeah, yeah. Everything is like the yeah, the acting, the production, the story is just baseline, very good. It is an eight out of ten for me. Wow, I'm shocked you guys rated it so high, given oh. your criticisms. But yeah, I'd give it four stars too. Yeah, but th- th- I guess this is just coming from I really like. I don't know, in 2013, when that game hit, like it really hit me a certain way. So it's like just comparing that. Yeah, me too. This game, this this didn't hit me nearly the same way. But again, is that just? I don't know what that is. It could just be that I've experienced it already. Yeah, that's why we. I guess we spent most of the conversation like in the nuance between like just the little details that veer here and there. That's kind of just a a nod to how good the original kind of yeah. source material is. To be honest. And that's what the nerds want to hear. They want to hear us talk about the details, the deets. Yeah. So I think, honestly, if like my biggest takeaway is that I want to play the game again, that's kind of a result for me anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm going to play it again. Not the second one. Man, that second one, I wish I could. It's just such a slog. It's just so long. I'll do it. I really like the (laughs) gameplay in that game. And I would like to... I'm interested enough in the story, even though it didn't work for me but like it's one of those things where it's like i'd like to know how i feel about it after having sat on it for a couple years it's like the house that jack Mm. built you know where i'm like (laughs) i i had a very strong hate to that but part of me wants to watch it again and see how i feel about it knowing what to expect because sometimes knowing what to expect and just kind of accepting it for what it is can change how you feel about it when you're anticipating it in a different way but i don't know i have no idea yeah i i did replay last of us part two like a year or two ago and yeah the story didn't work for me but i did find things to like in especially the the environmental artwork it's it's actually incredible in that game 
it's it's insane the level of detail and all those. Props yeah. to you for playing that whole game again. <laughs> I know it's because it's because I got like the PS5 and I wanted to play it with like a better frame rate and see how it looked. And ah, uh. I. I also like a good challenge. I played through all the um, Uncharted games on Brutal Difficulty, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know if I'm up for the challenge of no deaths grounded. <laughs> like, because yeah. no. if you die once, you die over. forever. Like, and you have to restart no. your play. I don't know if I want to do that, <laughs> but I feel like I could do at least, you know, all you know some sort of challenge on it that could be fun i like the gameplay in those games yeah you can do yeah the clicker yeah, gameplay do. loops like really fun and mm-hmm. really tense i think i did grounded on my last not grounded you know you can't die but <laughs> like grounded ai or whatever because you can mm-hmm. alter like you can alter the difficulty settings like for certain things so like you can turn it like easy for ammo collection or like looting, but you can make it hard for the AI. I think I did something like that. Like oh, is this AI in was uh, the, the remake one? Yeah, the, the remake. Yeah, oh, that's cool. It's yeah. in the remake. Yeah, it's like yeah, they've got difficulty options. options. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So, yeah. This great makes game. me wonder though, like uh, <laughs> when when there's a big success like this, they're going to be copycats. What 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 studios are like? What, what are they looking at? What IPs are? <laughs> Oh, oh, they're available to milk because I think PlayStation, like they're they're doing a Twisted Metal show. They've got like a, what <laughs> really? They've got a bunch of they got Twisted a bunch metal. of weird projects. Yeah, yeah. Will Arnett's going to be that ice cream clown or whatever. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Will Arnett? They're That's doing great. a Ghost of Tsushima movie. Like they've got, PlayStation uh, seems to, they did that Uncharted movie that like really was yeah, bad that was, from a year ago. Yeah, that so. was garbage. Doing a Ghost um, of Tsushima so, movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder yeah. how good that'll be. Um, so they clearly see the potential in this because I think uh, there's been like a direct correlation with like sales of Last of Us Part One and Two after the like crazy hit success of the show. Because I, I didn't quite see it like being this big. Like I thought it'd be like good being an HBO show and everything, but I didn't expect it to gel with the general public like so so well. But yeah, I'm happy for them. Yeah, I am too. Awesome. Because it's something I like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good stuff. We also watched a film that I recommended called Dial M for Murder, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Never heard of him. Who's um, that? Yeah. Alfredo. Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Noted famous man. We've never talked about a Hitchcock movie. I know, right? So I've seen... Sad. (laughs) But, you know, it's good. It gives us, like... It's credibility. Which Hitchcocks have we all seen? I think I've seen four. Um, I've seen a decent amount. Yeah. Wait, let me pull up my letterbox. Psycho, The Birds, uh, Vertigo, and now this. Okay. It's good, like, we cover these now, like, because we're on, like, episode 100. gives us, like, some credibility. I've always felt like, you know, like, if if you have, like, 100 episodes of a podcast, you're, like, more credible. So yeah, we could get to like this oh, really yeah, classic yeah. movie, yeah. but like we get to Hitchcock like now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Adam, I cut you off. What were you saying? I've seen Vertigo and Rear Window in this one. And Rear Window is my favorite uh, by quite a bit. Rear Window's great. Yeah. I like this one more than Vertigo, actually. I Vertigo Vertigo's great too. A lot of people really love. 
Um, I thought the ending was laughable. What about Psycho? Psycho, well, the problem is I saw the stupid remake and... Why'd you when do I, that? Because well, I was like fucking you saw it first 14 or something. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Was it a mistake? Or was that. that was that a mistake or on purpose she did that? I was 14 and I saw Psycho <laughs> at the DVD yeah, store and mistake. I rented it. And yeah. it was like kind of bad. You're like, what the fuck is this? I heard it was yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was the best movie ever. What the fuck is this shit? I was somewhere between the age of 13 and 15. I don't think I had the original film in mind as like a oh i know that this is a film from like the 60s or something i just saw the name psycho and i was like oh this is a like i probably assumed this is a classic or something or like i don't know like i couldn't yeah. i couldn't tell you what my mindset was but i watched it and it was bad and so i i don't know i'll watch the original at some point like everyone's seen the shower scene even if they haven't seen the entire original film mm. It's one of those osmosis mm-hmm. movies. It's one of those things where it's like so in pop culture that I'm like, oh, I'll probably love it when I watch it, but I don't like I don't feel compelled to watch yeah. it because I kind of yeah. it, I feel like I know what it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas I'm more compelled to watch things when I'm curious about what they are, whereas I yeah. kind of Yeah. You know? Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Anyway, it's so yeah, sure. let's watch Psycho at some point. <laughs> Thanks, Gus Van Sant, uh-huh. asshole. I've seen a few Alfred Hitchcocks. I've seen Psycho, Vertigo, Rear Window, The Birds, of course. How can you forget The Birds? The That's Boids. what Birdemic is a ripoff of. I've heard of. The Birds yeah. is kind of silly. It's good. It's silly. It's silly concept, but it's yeah, like it's better goofy, than Birdemic. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a high bar, <laughs> but it's a good. It's a, like a you know that concept executed by Alfred Hitchcock. So it's a good movie. Uh, North by Northwest. I've seen that. I've seen Rope. That's supposed to be good, yeah. And I've seen Dial M for Murder. I think I've seen The Man Who Knew Too Much, but that was mm-hmm. like I, I saw it when I was like ten years old or whatever. You know, yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. remember anything about it. The others I've I've revisited a few times yeah. and so on. I'd probably say Vertigo is actually my favorite or mm-hmm. Psycho. Well, rear Window's up there. I thought Rear Window yeah. was, like, incredible. The one thing that really sticks out... So, the, what's interesting is Rear Window and Dial M for Murder were released the same year. <laughs> They're both 1954. Yeah. But they feel so different for me. Like, I, I really enjoyed Dial M for Murder a lot. But Rear Window, the one element that really sticks out about it for me and which elevates it above Dial M for Murder is just how much they were able to capture on screen visually like that that whole back terrace or whatever you want to call it like that that whole environment and just like the camera movements and just the wide shots and you're capturing like i love the look of that film so much and that's what really helps it for me to to be be my favorite hitchcock yeah uh dial m for murder feels like it could be like a easily like a stage play kind of yeah because of uh-huh. course it, it was right it, it's it's mostly dialogue and sure there are some interesting shots in it you know sometimes we get like an overhead kind of like high angle shot but for the most part it's not all that varied not saying it looks yeah. bad it's not like oh like a Judd Apatow film or anything yeah but it doesn't really have it, it doesn't really use the opportunity as much as rear window does to showcase some like really incredible visuals sure i thought it looked great though this movie it looks great there's real like utility to like how it's shot and whatever um I, sorry i was just gonna say like you mentioned the year this was made 1954 and i said like mm-hmm. like i had to like take a like a i was taking like taken aback for a sec you know because it's like 
yeah, yeah this, this is like made in the 50s but like the the craft of this is just so yeah like immaculate you know uh-huh yeah. it feels like yeah. something made easily 20 years later or like because I, I i almost feel inverse as to what you were saying just then adam despite that claustrophobic setting i mm-hmm. feel like it was visually consistently actually quite varied mm-hmm. and, it, and it was all yeah. feeding into this kind of claustrophobic like yeah it does feel like a play but it also doesn't like enhance the story it didn't it didn't like boil down into like a like the environment didn't feel repetitive no. to me and the and none of the way it was presented did. I was just saying mostly in comparison to Rear Window. Okay. I was saying yeah, Rear yeah. Window utilized it a lot more. Okay. Well just the yeah. fact they're out the same year and everything and Yeah, it elevated it a lot more and Rear Window was also like very like one location mostly. <laughs> um Okay. Yeah, I haven't checked that one out yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did really like this because you mentioned mm-hmm. the, the the kind of play aspect of it. And it, it feels very much like one because it is one and it's based on one. But that's also like the advantage of the movie. It's it is a strong story, a strong script, like mm-hmm. fun characters and the kind of Hitchcock uh, tropes you'd expect with the tension and the story flopping here and there and the voyeurism of it all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought this was great and just nice and snappy too. Like the runtime mm-hmm. of his movies tends to be quite. Just to the point, mm-hmm. um, just yeah. show, just visually, just communicate exactly all they need to, and it's just like in and out, just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Uh, after the first like fifteen minutes, it's just <laughs> it's so intriguing, and it's so right. It takes you along on a ride narratively. It's a good plot. Yeah, like really like compelling like the conundrum it's just people talking really the whole movie is people talking in one room and yet there's just this this intrigue yeah this suspense you're just like you're hanging on every word and it's just because the the script is so good it's like it's got a good Mm -hmm. structure it's like you know it's always moving forward there's always like intrigue and something going on and it's like really compelling storytelling yeah like Alfred Hitchcock might be the most important director like ever mm-hmm. just like the way he transformed cinema and the way he told stories the way he told these thrillers and i don't know he just kind of shattered a lot of expectations and in, in the way he made his films and his craft was just mm-hmm. like like we're saying impeccable and and yeah. really yeah really well done here especially i was just looking at his filmography earlier and it's it spans what like six decades or something like mm-hmm. it's prolific, it's prolific to the point where it's like <laughs> it's mind blowing. Yeah, he's an inspiration to every great director. It's especially interesting though, seeing how like, of course, like just living and working in the time he did, going from silent films early on and shifting into audio, but then retaining that like focus on the visuals that like obviously you have to focus on working in like the silent era and just like the evolution of that over time and what he was able to do with that. It's like so, yeah. so impressive and groundbreaking. And the same with color too. You mm. know, the way he uses color in exactly. his films is really impressive and, you know, very notable. Uh, his movies look excellent. You know, it's... And yeah, I just feel like there was a different way of making a movie before Alfred Hitchcock, you know? Like mm-hmm. he just kind of transformed the way people yeah, directed movies. Like the model, yeah. Incredibly, yeah, incredibly influential to all these filmmakers we know now, like Spielberg and Luke. Uh, you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody. He's this, one of the most formative, important directors ever. 
This film was shot to be released in 3D. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That explains the lamp thing, right? And I have a 3D Blu-ray of it, but I didn't watch it in 3D because I just didn't want to <laughs> It's a 3D Blu-ray of it? Yeah. Like, I have a 3D. <laughs> That's Blu- silly. That was the only way I could get a Blu-ray. It was like the combo 3D regular. That is like, so funny. Dial M for murder in 3D. But you don't, you don't have a 3D TV, though. Uh, I do have a 3D yeah. projector, and I just didn't feel like oh. using it. Okay. All right. So you can watch it in 3D. I can. Cool. But I've lost the um, <laughs> interest of ever doing it. It's just such a, like, yeah, the fad is over. I don't give a shit about it. Yeah, yeah I don't no see point. what that would add to this film specifically. Yeah, there's not a lot of shots that look like they're trying to be <laughs> no. like a 3D thing. And it's just, it's people talking in an apartment. I'm not saying that. It's <laughs> I know, like, right? That like, it's a it's weird a drama. choice. Yeah, it's yeah. not like Life of Pi or something. Mm-hmm. No, I was I was surprised to read that too because it's like, what? I I, I guess I didn't even yeah, know that their the money grubbing knows no bounds. Of course, they were trying to push it this early, but <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, in the fifties, they're on this three D nonsense. <laughs> Do you think Hitchcock like approved of that, or he was like fighting with the studio? Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't want it three D. I have no idea. Well, something Hitchcock always does in his movies that I love is he always has a cameo. He has yeah, a little cameo in, in this movie, if you notice. Yeah, yeah, the little photograph there. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I love his cameos. Yeah, just like good dialogue, good story. Like, you know, even though it's just people talking, you're you're really invested in what they're saying because there's like this this murder plot. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh, and you, it's like, it's really clever actually, like how the guy like tricks the dude into killing his wife because you're like, he basically figured out every way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like every way in which the guy could like, he's like, I'm going to blackmail you and every way which you can get out of it is like bad. Like I, I trapped you basically in this situation. And it's like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like that, that's, that's something that could like happen to someone now. It might be a bit far fetched, but you know, like it's like something that could happen. It's like a plausible concept because it's just like these two characters in an apartment. And then, yeah, like just where it builds from there, like the murder happens, but then, like the guy dies and then it becomes about the woman and her trial and how she's like convicted of this crime. It's like what I love about his story. It's like, it takes all these turns. It's not just like the same shit, the whole movie, Yeah. you know, even though it's in the same location, there's all these different like character dynamics that shift and it's very interesting to watch, you know? And that's how you like, you keep something compelling when it's just two characters talking or three characters talking. Yeah, and it keeps, like, changing focus of the characters mm-hmm. and you get, like, the investigator coming towards the end and kind of switch focus. Yeah, it's really, it's really, you can't, like, predict where it's going. Yeah, yeah, when he comes into the story, him and the boyfriend or, like, her, um, you know, the guy oh, the she's writer. seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, the guy she's seeing. Like, those two characters, they come in, like, later on into the movie, right? Because, like, that first part's just, like, those two dudes and the wife, and you think, like, the murder might happen, it might not. You don't know where it's going, and that's where, like, the suspense... Like, that's why it's such a good story. You don't know where, like, it's going to go at that point, because it could go either direction. Yeah. And then it goes into, like, oh, it goes into a trial and all that. They introduce these new characters, and it keeps things, like, fresh. Mm-hmm. You're just, like, always on you know you're always on the edge of your seat because you're always like there's always just something happening that's interesting yeah in the story and it always avoids like the obvious beats that it could go down you know like it, like the plan goes wrong and then it's like oh so what's he he's gonna have to like murder her what, what is that just where this is gonna go but it's like <laughs> nope like the way it wraps up especially spoiler. towards the end like when he just gets outsmarted by the writer and the investigator working, yeah. working together this he, is a spoiler discussion oh yes yeah, so. now 
Yeah, full spoilers. You've had 70 years to watch it. But yeah, the, the way it wraps up at the end with that main character, like, <laughs> he doesn't like break down in tears or get angry. He just like offers everyone a drink. So well, yeah. like, cool, I love that character. I loved how, like, yeah. once the. The murder plot didn't happen. He just kind of kept going with it and kept trying to make it work in his favor. Yeah, he kept it's like lying. Really psycho. Yeah, <laughs> I love that fucking character. They're so psycho. Right. The, the way that like the investigation and justice system and like all of these precautions that are in my mind that should be taking place that just weren't considered for a film in the 50s like at the end when he's offering everyone drinks i'm like he could have poisoned them don't don't take it don't let <laughs> him right. pour his own drink you know like oh i'm about to go to jail i'm gonna pour myself a drink does anybody want to drink like no you gotta you gotta stop him right now and then like the the investigator just casually admitting to like breaking and entering two different homes like oh yeah i use the key <laughs> yeah. here yeah. and his girlfriend's place i okay well that would I don't know if that would be admissible in court. And then Grace Kelly's character just like, oh, I'm about to be executed. Like, what a quick justice system. Presumably some time has passed, but she's about to be executed right away. And then the day before, <laughs> he's like, oh, wait, I've got some new information. And the investigator on his own just has so much sway that he's like, oh, yeah, I could just stop you from being executed. He just calls up somebody like, oh, yeah, well, let's take her off of uh, death row. I know she was being executed tomorrow, but we're just going to have her free walking around over here and so she can help us figure out the rest of this crime based on a hunch, <laughs> based on a hunch he had. It's very silly. Uh -huh. Just Because people didn't think it. Not only did people, I, I'm not sure if it was necessarily like, oh, just people didn't think about it. It might just also be one of these things of movies kind of influencing people's ideas and expectations creating like falsehoods of of what people think about the justice system like everybody has all these weird like like oh you can't you can't uh, report a missing person because it hasn't been 72 hours it's like okay well you can that's just something that movies have said for a while and you believe it because it's been in a movie where it's like uh -huh. media can kind of like influence how people think about it without it being accurate i don't know but yeah there was a lot of that in this movie yeah. yeah. We're just yeah. so like general understanding. Like, if you rewind back that far, like, DNA was like discovered in like the 50s, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, <laughs> we're, we're winding back and there's that whole bit towards the end where there's the, the one of the police officers has to carry a handbag. Oh, yeah. I was going to, I was just about to mention that. Yeah. You uh -huh. got to stuff that away into a different bag so no one thinks you're gay because, of course, it was like, He's, a, he literally a, says, don't go down the, yeah, they'll arrest you. You're gonna get arrested. Yeah, yeah you would get arrested. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, pretty uncomfortable. Right? I think that that's probably what they were hinting at. But the alternate way to interpret that would be, you'll get arrested because someone thinks you stole the purse. That's another way to interpret it. But yeah, I think they were kind of hinting at the gay thing. No, why mm. would a police officer steal a purse? Mm. <laughs> you'll be arrested. Yeah. For carrying a purse. Just that whole setting, you know? <laughs> it just, it's just a little window into the 50s. I think it wasn't yeah. that long ago, but it's also That's like, crazy. So different. Mm -hmm. I, I made a note of that too. Yeah, the handbag line. I was, yeah. I was like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, aside from dated shit like that, I mean, the, the movie, it just comes with the time. I mean, we see so much of that kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, it is technically just accurate to the time. Like, it is what they would yeah. be doing. Like, it was illegal, you know? Like, or right, technically true, right? I love the title, Dial M yeah. for Murder. That's such it's a great fun. title. It is, yeah. We have some good posters out yeah, there. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. It fits in the movie perfectly. 
you're not like, oh, why is it called that? It makes sense why it's called that. Like, if you watch the movie, it's perfect. Perfect title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the way that the characters were portrayed in this film. So, like, combination of the acting and the writing, you know, just, like, the intent of how these characters are are behaving. There's a lot of character to them. Yeah. Their accents are fun. And uh-huh. just the mm-hmm. way that, like... <laughs> they are. <laughs> you know, the... I guess we call him the main character. Like, he... <laughs> the villain. Uh-huh. He is just casually, like, wiping off fingerprints in the middle of his conversation. And, like, yes. the fake pretending to drop the letter so that the other guy gets his fingerprints on it. And yeah, I loved the inspector. He reminded uh-huh. me a bit of John Cleese. Mm. Just how he was kind of handling his character was kind of interesting. I like the the end of the movie. He's like combing his mustache. That's the end, the very end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the last thing you see. Yeah, that was yeah, very yeah. funny. I like that. His uh the actor's name was John Williams. Which was fun. Yeah, I saw oh. that in the credits and so <laughs> What? That's not the John Williams, is it? Yeah, it's not either. <laughs> wow, John Williams is a great actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would have thought? Speaking of John Williams, I thought the music was well handled for the most part, but there were scenes near the end where I was just like, what are you doing? Like the tone and the fact that it's existing in those scenes was just kind of off-putting. The first half of the movie I thought was perfect. It was really sparingly used, and when it was used, it was appropriately toned. But this, like, there's this weird kind of like, what's the word? It, it was like silly or just like too lighthearted. Yeah, when it when exactly they were kind of discovering yeah. things. Yeah, it's and just the time. It's like when we were talking about Nosferatu. It's like just music from the time was different. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was thinking about it. it was like, yeah we're so like spoiled now however many years later with all these different expectations for like different expectations how you'd implement music of this style that's kind of how it was coming across to me yeah 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 well he definitely has a style like hitchcock the like the flourishes like when you see your trial or whatever and it's just like a purple background or i don't remember exactly what color but it's just like a colored background and that was like yeah Yeah, that was a cool yeah yeah that was cool i really enjoyed that little moment because yeah it's mostly set in the apartment so whenever it leaves that they try to do something like visually creative for yeah that was a cool way to show um, passing of time actually that that yeah little sequence yeah yeah that was super cool i like when you see the like the husband or whatever outside of the house it's like through a window like the characters looking at him through Mm -hmm. a window i thought that was like a clever Mm -hmm. like way of filming that rather than like I don't know, just from outside or something. There's like all these creative choices that you don't really, that you take for granted, I feel, that like you don't think about. But when you see them in the movie, it's like, oh, that was the perfect choice to make there. The way they frame that, the way they, you know, delivered that dialogue. Yeah, it's just really fun movie. It's really entertaining. I'd say for like a Hitchcock movie, it's, I mean, all of his movies are great, but it's a very entertaining movie. And it reminded me a lot of Rear Window from the one location, but also of the film Rope, which I think, I don't think you guys have seen, but that's like an all one location movie too. It's like a murder mystery. And that was 1948, I think. That was like even earlier than this. Um, Yeah. yeah. And they're both, yeah, they're both great. I think that one's done in like three takes or something like that. Hmm. It's like three shots. That's interesting. So that was super cool. Yeah. But yeah, this one, I guess this one connects more with people. I, I probably prefer this film 
uh, honestly. It's just like a little more entertaining. Like the pacing was so great. It was like so interesting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you recommended this because I've never seen it and yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I had a great time with this. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I expect nothing less from my boy Hitchcock, though. <laughs> Your best friend, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah, Alf. it had a really great hook, <laughs> and it just it, the intrigue from the get go was just it grabs you, and then you're interested in seeing how it plays out. And then, yeah, over the course of, it was almost like two hours, wasn't it? Let's see. An hour 45. An hour 45, yeah. Just about. Yeah. Like maybe, personally, the first 15 minutes were like, it was like, eh, this should pick up at some point. And then as soon as I felt as if it should, it did. But there was a lot of exposition. See, for me, yeah, as soon as the husband comes home and you figure out the like dynamic, then Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that's all they took for me. Yeah. yeah, there was some stuff that they had to set up, but it was all yeah. important, so. Yeah, once they got into the murder mystery and all that, or the, the murder plot, that's when it got super good. Yeah, love the movie. That was fantastic. Eight out of ten. All right, solid. I'll give it a a five out of five stars because it's Hitchcock. I can't give my boy anything less. <laughs> Are you saying that there will never be a Hitchcock film that you see that you give anything lower? There might be some that aren't as good, but this is <laughs> one of the... How could you do that to this your is boy? One top. This is one of my top, or not one of my top movies. This is one of his top movies, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. As long as you look on Letterboxd. It's weird, because it's not in these... Like yeah. I get these Hitchcock collections... Of like Blu-ray and 4K Blu-rays, and this one's never in them. Uh-huh. I had to get this one separately. Yeah, because there's just so many. He's just got so many great movies that you yeah. can't even like collect them all. Because so I have those collections too. I have like, I have like three different ones. Got, there's some like weirder, obscure ones in some of these collections. I thought this one would be, but yeah, I know, right? But even his obscure movies, like I just watched Rope on like a whim, and I'm like, wow, that was fucking awesome. That's like way better than like something mm-hmm. you'd see. I don't know. Like half the shit that comes out today, even mm-hmm. like I just I'm so impressed by how old like these movies are and that they're still like so interesting that they still work as well as mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, they it shows it me they very, really very understood. Well. Yeah, and he understands like writing that craft of like just telling a good story, writing a plot that just like moves forward. It's like mm-hmm. oh, what a relief! And it's, it's not just too long enough. either. It's just complex uh-huh. enough. It's just got everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His favor, uh, all the dialogue, the story, and it's not like too long. It's not too short. It's just like the perfect length. You just get like everything you need out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't say my rating, but I I don't know. I'm sit. I sat probably right between you guys, being the centrist here. I guess a nine out of ten. Four and a half star for me. Maybe reassess once I see Rear Window because that does sound interesting. Yeah, I love that. Saying one. about that. Yeah, Rear Window is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite Hitchcock yeah. for sure. I don't think your score for this will go down, but Rear Window is yeah, that's a five star. I don't think I've seen an Alfred Hitchcock that isn't a five star at this point. Hmm, suspicious. All of them I've seen are five stars. Question time. Okay, we were back. We were ready. I guess we're good. <laughs> Question time. Oh, nice. We're singing it in this time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've got... Do you remember that artist? I think they were called Mika. And they were just kind of doing the Freddie Mercury thing. Remember? (laughs) I can be brown. No, I I don't know that. What do you mean doing the Freddie Mercury thing? 
Oh, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. Her? I thought it was a guy. Well, whatever they are. Oh, I guess I've heard, I've heard like so many covers and shit. I don't even know the original, to okay. be honest. Like, yeah, because that's been stuck in my head every time that I pull up Dial M for Murder because there's a lyric where the, they talk about Grace Kelly and Grace Kelly's in it. It'd be like, I could be bang like Grace Kelly. And now it's just in my head all the oh. day and it just pisses me off. I never even wanted to hear that song. It was just on the radio and I worked in customer service. Mm. Sometimes it helps if you just like listen to the song in full. No. So you can like, <laughs> really? Does that not work for you? No, it That's does like not. That's the only thing. No, that it does not it. work for me. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I had the, <laughs> we had that conversation about the Black Eyed Peas like a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you know, the, the original Let's Get It Started. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was i saw a clip of um yeah it was like a a clip from mtv from like 2003 or something and it was like it it was prefaced with like this how badly could this have aged and it was like chris rock making this like joke about the olsen twins and then they come out on stage to the unfiltered let's get it started that's so good is that on youtube oh man it was i was dying (laughs) it was like a clip someone sent me oh send it to me it It was absolutely golden (laughs) yeah put in the discord i want to see it (laughs) yeah i'm a terrible person i'm a terrible person for wanting to see this it is funny (laughs) it is very funny oh it's fucking hilarious it's yeah. it's too good. No, it's just like it's it's take it's really it builds a certain perspective <laughs> to like see how quickly things change, you know, because that's like all of our childhoods basically. That's like what oh we were. yeah, comedy <laughs> is illegal now. Oh yeah, well, like in Mean Girls, we were watching these like saying like the N word and like all kinds yeah. of like crazy is, shit. Yeah, most comedies like from that era would have all kinds of uh-huh. like, slurs and. But like it's fucking Mean Girls. I didn't expect it from that. Yeah, that's the thing. It was so yeah. like innocuous. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've sent a message to try and get this sent to me, but in the meantime, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer in the future, head over to the suggestion thread in the subreddit. Just like... Ooh, th- let's do this one from uh, Ethan Mars Origami. Oh, God. You know what that's a reference to, right? No. No, tell me. Heavy Rain. Oh, Ethan Mars is <laughs> Ethan the main Morris, character's yeah. name in the Origami Killer. I've never actually played Heavy Rain. Oh shit! Sean, oh, you gotta do it. Yeah, no, you gotta I've only play seen, that. Like, clips We're and... speaking of great video gotta, game stories. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sean, Jason. <laughs> yeah, but you, favorite board game? Huh? Oh shit! Well, so I this is interesting because I've recently just started getting into like modern board games in the past like few years i guess oh yeah because everybody you know everybody's played the classic like monopoly or like risk or like all these yeah old ones ones. but there's actually a lot of really cool innovative new board games being made that are a lot of fun and they can seem like intimidating at, at first of like oh wow this is like complicated there's a lot of rules but all you have to do is just like read through the rule book once, do like a little practice thing, and then it's like, okay, now you know it, and it's really simple, and you just follow the rules of like the cards or whatever they tell you to do, essentially. There's one that I like called Lords of Waterdeep, and I have the expansion for that, 
and that's really fun. And then my brother uh, introduced me also to a one called Terraforming Mars, which uh, I've played a couple times now and is also really, really fun. But apparently, like getting all the expansions for it, like if you wanted to include all of them, it, like you wouldn't be able to fit it on like any table. <laughs> so like, oh you'd have to like play Elaborate. it on the floor yeah. or something. Like apparently that goes like fucking hard. I, I'm kind of curious about that, but just play with one expansion at a time sort of thing. But yeah. Oh, and I played the binding of Isaac card game, like a couple, a few nights ago, actually, that was pretty fun. Nice. Nice. So I'll say, you know, this is a good time for me to plug this. Uno like contacted me and they sent me like this Marvel, like version of Uno. It's Uno, but with like this added element of like, like kind of characters with special cards mm-hmm. and they're all, you know, Spider-Man, Captain America, whatever. And it's basically Uno, but you have special abilities too. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was actually a really cool game that they sent me. So like, thank you, Mattel. I really appreciated that. They My just sent me it friend, for free. Mattel. Yeah. They didn't say yeah, I had to make a video or anything. They just like sent it to me like because they're like, we like your stuff. Here you go. I'm like, thank you. And it was Marvel themed too. They're getting their money's worth because you talked about it on a podcast. Yeah, so at least plug yeah. that. So check out Marvel Uno. <laughs> but yeah, that being said, other games I love, board, board games. You mentioned Risk. I've had some really good games of Risk mm-hmm. that go on, you know, days sometimes. Especially that Game of Thrones Risk. I don't know if you've ever played that. No. That's a lot of fun, the Game of Thrones version of Risk. It's just Risk, but, you know, the lands of whatever they're called, Westeros. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's really cool. You know what's actually even also really cool about board games like Risk is now a lot of these classic things have, uh, like, console adaptations. So I, th- I think we played oh, it, yeah. like, on the Switch or something. And it was just oh, so yeah, much more streamlined because it's just I played like... played on my phone. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. things that take longer when you're playing it physically are just, like... Oh, it just happens really quickly. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like the dice rolls and like moving the guy. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, it takes forever. We're like people messing up the rules. And then you don't have to worry if you're mm-hmm. doing like an illegal move when you're doing it like digitally too. It'll just not let you. Yeah. Yeah, it just does all that shit for yeah, you. Yeah, cool. it's, right, exactly. Uh-huh. I, I definitely agree with you. Like I like the automation of those kind of video game board games like Risk and, and Monopoly. I've been playing a bit of chess, just like on mobile. Like if I'm in a in a in a cinch or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's uh-huh. the reason it's good on there. Are you good? Oh, I'm not good. No, like I never really played chess much, but I just figure it's a pretty good app for it. Like mm-hmm. it's fun to go try and improve. There's a good Steam game. I think it's called Tabletop Simulator. I'm yes. gonna double check, but it is. They just that. have oh, like yeah. every yeah. It's just every game like. You can basically not every game, but it's like enough tools to make your own custom yeah. games. So basically, That's everyone's cool. modded in their own like version of Risk or their own. Yeah, I've played like custom games made by my friends. You know, the, with these weird rules. Like I, I can't even tell you. Like come some of the, some of the weird games like we played <laughs> on Tabletop Simulator. But yeah, it's like stuff like that. Like stuff they just introduced to me that day, and like oh, let's play it. And yeah, in, in addition to like Risk and stuff like that. So yeah, tabletop simulator's fun. That's if you want to play like games over Discord or Zoom, like board games, I'd say that's a great way yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. So I got mm-hmm. uh I got two favorites. Lies Dice. I'm I'm addicted to Lies Dice. 
What a game. What is that? Yeah. It's uh everyone has like they start with five die and they hide them under a cup and you've got to keep escalating the number saying like oh four fives and the next person has to say well six sixes and until someone calls you out for being a liar and then you count up how many of the number that was shouted out and you throw a dice in the middle if you lose and yeah it's just really fun oh cool liar's dice that's amazing and so is the game boulder dash i played that a lot growing up it's like we've got to like you pick up a card with like a a crazy word on it and the word does actually exist and you've either got to like make up as a as a group the definition of the word or uh what the word means or whatever and try and convince everyone yeah that one's oh. as well yeah i see it here you reminded me when i was very young i don't remember how old i was i was under the age of 10 my parents got yahtzee and I was like mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to play it. And they were just like, no, you just like shake it up and then roll the dice. I'm like, okay. And so I was just like following along. And then I rolled the dice and it was all sixes. And they were like, oh, you won. And then we didn't even play a second game. And I still don't know how the fuck the game works. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently I got Yahtzee and I just, I still don't even know how to play. <laughs> That's I have great. a, I have a 100% win streak on that game and I will never play another. <laughs> I'm retiring from Yahtzee. <laughs> Okay, guys, I've got the I've got the MTV clip. If you want to see it, oh uh, please, I'll yeah, post it on, I'll post oh, it on the Discord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I I sw- like was that song? I'm trying to think. I wonder if that was licensed to certain films and made it in the cut of the film before they decided it's we should do a radio edit. I wonder if that happened. Yeah, wow. I don't know. Did they like play that on the radio? Yeah, I don't know when that tweak was made. Because yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was just everywhere, to be honest, like the <laughs> that version. I'm going to look up the <laughs> Wikipedia page to let's get it started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That rewrite of history is hilarious. Like you can't even listen to it on Spotify anymore. <laughs> Damn, the Wikipedia page doesn't have like a that part of it on it. Like what the fuck? Okay, what if I search "Let's get arslerd"? <laughs> <laughs> I think they've tried to just remove it from the history books that's, over here. That's information that should be there. Why would yeah, that like only people like us remember? <laughs> Yeah, we can't memory hole this shit. We need a documentary. Netflix, what the fuck? Give me a documentary on this shit. Somebody, you know, that would make for an interesting series. Not just on that song, but like like interesting censorship over the years. Yeah, stuff they're trying to hide. You got some Disney ones. You know, you could have like an entire Netflix series about that. You could talk about Song of the South. You could talk about the original Mm -hmm. Fantasia. You could talk about CeeLo Green's uh, Forget You. (laughs) Just like, oh, yeah. It would be cool to like interview him and just be like, so how much money do you think you made? (laughs) 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 Was it the right decision? And he's just like wearing his like entire gold outfit and cane. He's like, yes. I'm just like quiet. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. It's just a blast <laughs> from the past. Video. <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> it's like satire. Yeah, it doesn't seem real, but like that. Oh my God. No, it doesn't seem real. 
Holy shit. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Somebody write a fucking article about Let's Get Arslerd, please. Because I need, like, that's it. I, w- I would like to read the history. Yeah. I this just, needs to be cleaned up. It should, we should at least have a list of every use of it before it got nerfed. <laughs> right? It was we probably should... on, like, Cartoon Network or something. <laughs> oh, probably. It was probably in, like, a Gogurt commercial. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like how Fred Flintstone used to, like, smoke cigarettes during, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. What a time. That is funny. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this is this when America was great? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it was, like, a little before that. <laughs> Donald Trump yeah. trying to get us back to 2004. <laughs> Oh, Let's man, get yeah. our slurred again. <laughs> right, way ahead of you. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, too good. Um, okay, we've got this one here we can do from uh, Mobile Association 8. What are your guys' thoughts on the controversy surrounding the upcoming HBO series, The Idol? The show has had a massive creative yeah. overhaul following the mm-hmm. departure of filmmaker Amy Simetz. Her take would have been about a troubled singer falls victim to a predatory industry figure and fights to reclaim her own agency. But this did not render well with The Weeknd, the lead actor, co-creator and executive producer. After her departure, creator Sam Levinson took over as writer and director for all the episodes and wanted more graphic sex scenes and nudity, including disturbing fetishes between the female lead and The Weeknd's character. Which show? Some crew members left the project... Um, it's called The Idol. There are a few ads yeah, up. Yeah, uh, heard all on about YouTube this. If you yeah. want to see. Seems like an absolute disaster. Some crew members left the project due to the disturbing sexual nature of the new rewrites, let alone the long filming period following the massive creative overhaul. Yeah. So what did what did Amy do? Was yeah. she the original writer? Sorry, I just... I believe she was the original director, uh, right? Yeah. But she had to leave for some reason. Weird. Yeah, then Sam Levinson came yeah. in. Sam Levinson's. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the one like in charge of it now. Yeah. As the series director. Okay, interesting. So yeah, if yeah. you're yeah, she was the the lead female role in Upstream Color, if you're curious who that is. Amy. Sim Simitz. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. the one who has a restraining order against uh, <laughs> uh Shane Carruth. Shane Carruth, yeah. Is that yeah. Yeah, um, oh, you, yeah, you described yeah, yeah. it. You described it really well, Alex. That's pretty much exactly like what's going on. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, I don't have much to add to like what you said. Yeah, that's like yeah, it's like Sam Levinson took over. He's adding like all these like really gratuitous nude scenes. Man, I, I just don't like Sam Levinson stuff. I've never mm-hmm. seen something from him that I've been impressed by, and I haven't seen Euphoria yet. Oh, it seems really, it seems really like um soap opery. But I did not like Malcolm and Marie at all. <laughs> so, mm. see, I've only I've only seen Euphoria. Euphoria is a lot better than Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, I, I liked like Euphoria. Euphoria, especially season one. He does this thing with these characters where they're all just mouthpieces for him and for his view of the world, and I just—it's mm. so annoying. You could say the same thing about Charlie Kaufman, you know? Yeah, except depends he's how a better writer, Charlie Kaufman. Exactly. So that's not inherently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess not always, but for him, it's specifically kind of grading where every character is like okay i get that sam levinson wrote it yeah this show just seems like a mess i i I guess i just don't have much to add aside Mm. from i don't like sam levinson i'm not surprised the show didn't is not going well yeah (laughs) something to do with like him throwing his 
because I think he's still doing another season of Euphoria. So mm-hmm. it's like leveraging that, yeah, if they want another yeah. season of Euphoria, they're going to be okay with what I'm doing to the production of The Idol right now type thing. But who mm. truly knows? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. quite a good uh, Rolling Stone article about it if anyone wants to read more yeah. in depth on that one. He was executive producer on Pearl. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember seeing his name. Interesting. Right, yeah. yeah. Still have to check it out. Okay. Yeah, should we do one more here? One more. Let's do this one with Eyes to the Future then from uh, Rome Moven. What films are you looking forward to this year? Me personally, Dune Part 2, Killers of the Flower Moon, and The Killer are ones in particular I'm looking forward to. John Wick 4, that looks like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Oppenheimer. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Lance Reddick. Just dying. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. 60. Unfortunate. Yeah, I wasn't was expecting that. He's so young, too. Yeah. yeah, so young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah Oppenheimer, really like Barbie. Looking forward to those. We've got, like, a new... Scorsese, I think, coming out. Killers of the Flower Moon. Is that yeah, Killers of the Flower scene? Moon. Yep, yeah, so we got a new Lanthimos. Mm-hmm. Cross the Spider Verse coming out. Mm-hmm. There's some. There's some things listed on IMDb that don't have like years for the release date, but so like I don't know. Prob- Nosferatu is probably not coming out until I don't know. Bo is afraid. Are we did was the question for this year? Uh, yeah, it says this year. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I thought the trailer for Bo's Afraid looks interesting. I prefer oh, the course. name uh, Disappointment Boulevard, though. I think that's a better name than Bo's Afraid. But, oh, um, yeah, that's what it originally was yeah. supposed to be, wasn't it? I agree. Interesting. I forgot. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of things in my watch list that have no year <laughs> that mm-hmm. I can't. I don't even know if they're supposed to come out later uh, this year. Let's Maybe I should organize them. See if I can get ones that say 2023. Okay, yeah, here we go. The Flash. Very Very much looking forward to The Flash because I'm very interested in how that goes. We've got Aquaman The Lost Kingdom. Yes. Okay. Finally. Meg 2 The Trench. (laughs) Oh, Meg 2 is coming out? I wonder if that one will just get delayed. The new Aquaman? Yeah, Aquaman, right? Because they're like trying to redo the DC shit. No. Yeah, because uh-huh. I was looking at how Shazam's doing financially. It doesn't seem to be too impressive right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if they're going to be have a bit of cold feet. And that last Aquaman m- movie made so much money. <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. that made over a billion. Yeah, it did. Probably hoping for the same. There's a David Fincher movie coming out called The Killer with Michael Fassbender. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's what the comment was Select saying. Select about... theaters and Netflix, fall 2022. Okay. Tilda Swinton. Okay. Shit. That sounds fun. That oh, sounds cool. great. Yeah, that sounds that sounds up my alley. Challengers, Luca Guadagnino. I have no idea what that yep. is. Okay, cool. There's a movie coming that I guess is already out called Inside with Willem Dafoe, but I'm not... I'll check it out. I don't even know why. I oh, yeah, know. yeah. I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I guess we've said enough things if we're missing anything yeah that's a good list let me know oh past lives is supposed to be really good oh yeah that one came out i think at sundance but i couldn't see it because i wasn't there in person it wasn't on the digital ralph and the multiverse too oh is that <laughs> yes. confirmed 
No, that's next year. Okay. <laughs> it's not confirmed, <laughs> but probably next. Yeah. Well, some things to look forward to. That's plenty, and then man. whatever. I mean, like we'll find out yeah. what other movies to look forward to in a few months when Con Film Festival happens and some things yeah. show up there. And then I'll see them at TIFF or whatever. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Attention podcast listeners. This part of the podcast right now was actually recorded after we recorded the part that you are already listening to because due to a scheduling conflict in the next episode, uh, Ralph will not be here. It'll just be me and Alex uh, or Alex Mm. and I. And so we're recording this part of the episode the episode later because we're recording a bunch early anyway because of other things happening in april so we're going to do a different recommendation uh we're saving ralph's recommendation for the episode after uh and so we're swapping alex is going to recommend something what is it yeah so we'll save ralph's one and i figured why not throw the prince of egypt out there 1998 dreamworks mm. Ooh, yeah i haven't seen that yet <laughs> I definitely, (laughs) we're definitely not about to record the episode where I've already seen it. Anyway, if you don't (laughs) want to be spoiled for The Prince of Egypt, 1998, watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out out every two weeks. Uh, You can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com, signing up for premium. It's only $2 a month. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. And also, there's a Sardonicast highlights channel. And now, we will cut back to... The previous episode you were already listening to because it had its own kind of funny outro. Okay, bye. Yeah. You go to patreon.com slash sardonicast or go to sardonicast.com and sign up for premium. It's only $2 a month. Either way, you get to support the show and feel good about yourself. The show is ad-free except Ralph mentioning uh, Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was technically product placement. <laughs> I, yeah, we're fine. Oh, no, yeah. Two of us didn't get paid. <laughs> I don't think you got paid. You got paid in a gift. Oh, I didn't get paid either. I I got paid in a gift. Yeah, I got in paid in Mattel. Hey, I can bring it to Tiff. I'll bring I'll bring the game to Tiff, and you guys can play it. So Ooh. you can say like, you got something yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We also have a Sardonicast highlights channel that you can subscribe to on YouTube. We also got merch. Link in the description. Buy some merch. Uh, you'll feel good about yourself for the first time in your life do it all right so thank true. you so much and happy shrek <laughs> this is what you cadence. said at that time yeah that was the dramatic pause <laughs> happy shrek it's all about <laughs> presentation yeah <laughs> you just said it like you know you've said it 50 times before but just that time i don't know and why and i'm keeping it fresh still <laughs> Yeah, it just connected that fresh. time. <laughs> and that's why we're still going. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, <laughs> bye. Bye. See you, everyone.